So it's new episode time. Uh, I think this might be a longer gap between when we've done it before. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's that time again where <laughs> I don't know what we're going to talk about, and you're going to tell me. So uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Ready to tell me? Yeah. All right, go for it. Okay. Meltdowns. Meltdowns. Yeah. I think yeah. it would be a good one because you used to have meltdowns, but yeah. you don't have them. Like, you seldom have them anymore. I can't remember the last time I had one, um, if I'm honest. And I suppose there's different types. I mean, I should probably start with... I mean, explaining what meltdowns are. I mean, if you follow any sort of autism pages on Facebook or um, any of those sort of social media things, people always video their children. I've seen have meltdowns, uh, and there's loads of different ways to control them. Um, do, you remember, do you remember ages ago we did a podcast or tried to on sensory problems? Yeah. I think meltdowns probably link to them. Yeah, I mean, I think we should go back and talk about sensory problems again because we never actually put that podcast up but I think we should maybe because I think like and it will be the same for this topic I think it's such a big topic and there's so much to talk about so I think this is definitely like not one that we would just do and then never do more on it but I was for this particular episode like I was gonna do kind of because meltdowns are different for everyone like no one there isn't a set like meltdown routines. Well, I mean, like I, I suppose instead of like going into to what they are, or maybe you can like the meltdown. Like I said, meltdowns are different in the sense of what they are and what causes them for yeah. everybody else. So, um, I, for example, have two versions of meltdowns that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, I. Definitely used to get when I was younger one more than the other. So the two I have is I have an angry meltdown mm-hmm. uh, and I have what can be described as a... I don't know what the other one is. Um, but it's like uncontrollable... I don't know. Like sadness? It's not sadness. It's like... Um, it's like a... I don't know. I just shut down, I think, completely. Well, I've also... I mean, this is separate, and I was going to talk about this separately, but I've seen that there's also a kind of a meltdown, uh, meltdowns that some people on the spectrum have, and then shutdowns, which I know what you're talking about is more just a brief shutting down, whereas some people, instead of having, I guess, a meltdown, they have a shutdown. But I, that... I probably, I mean, I've I've not heard of that before. What's that? Uh, like the need to not be around anyone. Not oh yeah, but I, I, I do that all the time. That's, I mean, I was gonna say, like for me, I think I have shut. I think I'm like almost in a constant state of shutdown. Or like, uh, yeah, I mean, I I have shutdowns in the sense of like I get them quite a lot, where I just stop talking, I stop doing stuff. My meltdowns are more sort of, um, I, I guess I get upset, but not like, not like up, not like. It's hard to explain. Like, well, it's a weird I, one. I'm not sure what actually happens to me when I have that one. I just know that I've been told that I get quite upset 
and like uh, and distraught with what's happening. Um, the anger ones, I'm fully aware of what they are. Like when I get angry ones, I usually end up smashing something or uh, breaking something or you know like punching a pillow yeah. or smashing a door or things like that. But I, I haven't had one of them in a while. Um, but they can just happen, and uh, you know, I've, I've broken stuff in the past that's public. Like I remember being in a public toilet and having an angry meltdown while I was out there, and I ended up punching one of those, you know, those big plastic things that have like paper towels in them. Yeah, and like punching one of them to bits, like off the wall, and like I hit it loads of times so it came off the wall, and then when it hit the floor, I was then like stomping on it, and then when the little shards of it were left, I was kicking them about like, and it went on for like. 10, 15 minutes till I was, like, so physically exhausted from it that that's when I stopped. But, like, if I hadn't run out of the energy, I probably would have carried on. Um, I've not had one of them in a long time, but I remember being, like, when I was younger and a child, they would be quite frequent. I think my mom told me once that my brother beat me at, like, Mortal Kombat on the Mega Drive and, like, his continuous gloating and the noise he was making and the words he was saying were so, like, overwhelming for me that my mom ended up, like, headbutting him. Um, And, like, it's uncontrollable when it happens. So, like, um, you end up becoming, in my case, aggressive. But, like, I think when I was younger, it used to be towards people. And then as I got older, I learned that, like, violence towards other people is not ideal. So I learned how to hone it into inanimate objects and things around me. And because of that, I've broken... I've broken, like, stuff that, like, I wanted or possessions of mine that I thought after I'd done it, why have I done that? For example, um, I think another one that reminds me, I was trying to take a set of drawers apart ages ago when I was living with a girlfriend and I couldn't do it and it was falling apart to the point where I just had so much of an angry meltdown that the hammer and screwdriver that I was using, I literally broke it into splinters and, like, we had to just buy a new set of drawers. Uh And that set of drawers had cost, like... A hundred pounds or something stupid like that. And, like, I was trying to take it apart because it needed moving and it was too heavy to move as one piece. And I was trying to do it on my own that I just lost all, like, coordination with it and just smashed it into pieces. And I was well annoyed after I'd done it because I was just like, why have I just done that? Like, (laughs) now I've got to buy a new set of drawers. Well, this is kind of... So, like I said, it's a really broad topic. But what I wanted to talk about specifically with Meltdowns with this was kind of more personal like what they are to us because I think broadly like we could talk about and probably in the future we'll talk about um them on a broader scale and like how they affect different people differently but I kind of wanted to go more personal with just like what a meltdown is to you and obviously you've got two and what it feels like and I think like the interesting thing with you that I don't have is you've got more of an understanding like one you don't really have them anymore so you've learned a lot better how to deal with them but also you know a lot more than I do what triggers yours and what will cause a meltdown whereas with me sometimes I've got no idea well um yeah so I remember just before getting diagnosed Mm -hmm. um and I think during diagnosis and a little bit after diagnosis like I think that whole year and a half I think I was having one a week but not the angry ones, like I say, I can't remember the last time I had one of them. Um, but the the other one, um, I was having them weekly. 
And they, the way it was explained to me by the woman that diagnosed me or my therapist was that she said that the trouble is when you have a meltdown is if you don't know what they are, you think you're having like a tantrum or yeah, uh, like just an outburst of some sort. And you think the thing that uh, you're doing at that point is the thing that's triggered it. Yeah. So um, like say you go to like a supermarket you specifically have got it in your head, I'm going to buy, I don't know, broccoli. Yeah. Broccoli's what you want. You've been thinking about it for ages. Definitely broccoli. Go to the supermarket. No broccoli. Yeah. Um, like, and then you have a meltdown. Mm. Um, and you think it's because there's no broccoli and that's why you're having a meltdown. And everything was fine up until that point and that triggered it. My therapist told me that apparently how it works, or I suppose I can't blanket say this works for everybody, but for me, um, it's like you've got like a glass and you're filling it with water and the water is the things that are going against your way of things, like your routine, your schedule. If you have sensory um, problems or sensory stimulus, they're being triggered. And eventually each bit of this thing fills the water up and then the last thing that goes in when the water's right at the top is the thing that spills it over the side. And that's how a meltdown happens. Um, and the trouble is, is it only spills it out to a point where it can't spill out anymore, but you're still like, you know, three quarters, whatever yeah. percentage of the glass full still. So it only takes a little bit to tip it again, which is why I was having them quite regularly. Um, and it wasn't until after I got diagnosed that I realized what the things were that were filling it up and making me be that way. So I just avoided those things. And I think because of that, my glass never gets to that point where the meltdowns are triggered. Yeah. You, on the other hand, um, like, and we'll, um, I know you wanted to talk about like what I know about it and I'll, I'll continue. So I'm just using you as an example. You have them quite frequently. Yeah. Um, and they'll be over loads of different things. I mean, some stuff like, um, I know you're having some problems today <laughs> with it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've had a meltdown today, but. Um, I know that you're having, you even told me that you're ruminating again. And I know rumination and like certain thought, uh, routines with you are the things that trigger yours. Yeah. Mine were triggered by loads of different things. So the things that I know are things that will cause a meltdown in me is, um, I don't get it so much like you do with the schedule. So for me, I'm a bit more flexible to you. In the sense of, yeah. um, if I've planned to do something and that's the thing I've got to do, um, I can deal with the fact that it's changed. Yeah, I can only deal with the fact of the change if all the other triggers I have aren't happening at the same time. So I can deal with change if I'm cool apart from that one thing. Yeah. Um, I think I have a lot more sensory problems with you, to you than, say, things like sound. So, like, I'm more sensitive to sounds than you are. I think sensory-wise, and we'll do, like, a thing yeah, on this, but, but like you, sensory, sen- you have more negative and I have more positive. Yeah, so I have lots yeah. of, like, yeah, negative sensory stimulus and they will contribute to me having a meltdown. So mm. too many of them around me will cause a meltdown. Um like, for example, I remember one of the more obvious ones I've had recently, or I say recently, but in the last few years, or one of the last ones I remember having was at work when I was having to talk to loads of people and, you know, I had it in my head that this is the plan of things I was supposed to be doing that day. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't get them done because it was too busy. Um, some customers that have a tone of voice, their particular tone of voice is irritating to me and some people just have that and it's not their fault um but some people just have a tone 
that for me is just hideous to listen to and I can't listen to them talk and it's like a nails on a chalkboard kind of thing. Yeah. Like several people have been in talking to me that way. Um, I remember in a previous job, there was a particular customer that their voice was so bad that I, I had to just walk away while they were trying to ask me something and just get away from them. Um, so there was that going on. Uh, loads of people were asking me questions when I was trying to do something else. Like, cause we, like, there was loads of stuff being bought into the store that was all around my feet. So, like, my spatial mobility was ruined. I couldn't move around that much without kicking something over or tripping something up because that was happening a lot. There were loads of noises of stuff falling over and being kicked about, which was adding work to the day. Um, and it was just ongoing and I was there all day. And no matter what I tried, nothing could get me to a point where I could calm down. And like, one thing happened where, Somebody said something and I just had a meltdown. And before diagnosis, I would have attributed that whole meltdown to just that one person saying, no, we can't do that. Yeah. And then me having a meltdown. And it looks like a tantrum that you're having. It looks like you're having like a massive, yeah, like babyish reaction to one thing. Um, but it was a combination of that. And sometimes with me, like my meltdowns can be a buildup of things that have happened over a month so say yeah. there's been like a month of just the odd thing you know job interview didn't get the job you know wanted to keep my flat clean but i've stained the carpet and every time i walk past the carpet i can see the stain yeah and that's like every time i see it that's a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and i can have mine build up for like months and then all of a sudden like one thing happens and I have a like full on meltdown and like I've done it on buses, I've done it in supermarkets where I've just had a meltdown and just completely gone to pieces and it's a weird thing to see like a, a grown adult yeah. fall to bits like that. Like you can usually tell when they're coming so like the I think the not the angry one but the other one it's a bit like having a seizure almost. Yeah. So you know it's coming before it's about to happen, you can feel it. Um, and you just have the meltdown. Uh, in your case, like I've got better at spotting them when you're going to have them. Uh, and I'll try and like counteract them and we can talk about that in a minute. Like yeah. the things I've learned to try and stop them from happening before they happen. Um, but yeah, for me, like I, they just would, they just come on and they just happen and it's a build up of a month and I've learned to control them in the sense of, I now do the shutdown, which is the thing you've mentioned now that I think about it, where I will take a week off work and not see anyone, not talk to anyone, only go out for the bare essentials that I need uh, and keep myself away from all sensory stimulus. Um, Keep my routines to a routine that's so basic that there's no way that they can be broken or like complicated. And in doing that, once a month or at night when I get home from work, that kind of resets it. So instead of like the glass filling constantly, it kind of just drains some of it out the bottom by doing that. Um, And obviously the sensory stuff that I'm aware of, like I can just remove myself from that noise that's bothering me or, you know, like someone's coming into contact with me too much like I remember having like a meltdown because I was sat at a bus stop with loads of other people and just the guy next to me because there was not a lot of seats was just nudging me yeah like yeah like he didn't mean to but he just kept nudging me he kept like knocking into me and uh you know eventually I could feel myself getting worked up so I just got up and moved um but everybody like I spent I think the reason meltdowns happen is because normal people 
vent it there and then. So, like, the one thing happens, yeah. they vent. You know, the thing that bothers them, they get it out of the system there and then by either having a go at the person that did it, you know, having a scream, having a shout, um, getting home and, like, having a hot bath or, you know, having a drink or that kind of thing. And that kind of, like, lets the pressure off. You know, there's, like, it's it's almost like a boiler that's, like, building yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. And they just, like, dump the pressure off, like, by doing this thing that they know is relaxing them. Or invoke some sort of positive emotion in themselves that, like, helps calm themselves down and get away from, you know, like, people that, like, meditate or... Yeah. Aromatherapy like or... Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. it kind of drains the stuff that's bothering them. Whereas I think... For those on the spectrum, you can't really do that. Um, like, it doesn't matter for us. Like, there's no really way to get rid of it. You just have to avoid it. Yeah, you can't really settle your brain, I think, when you're on the spectrum. Like, it, it's constantly going. There isn't something... Like, meditation, I guess you think it out and then it's gone. Whereas, I think, when you're on the spectrum, it, you don't have that kind of option. Yeah, and I like... I think that might be what it is. And like they don't, you, they, I don't think they have the sensory triggers or no. the other ones. And they can just let stuff go. Like they, you know, can take a holiday or just take a day off or they have a weekend or you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, whereas the things that would stimulate me negatively at work also exist in my free time. Yeah. So within my flat, no. My flat, like, is done in a way that wouldn't. But, like, outside, there are things out there that would cause the same effect as me being at work. So essentially being outside the flat has the same, like, complications where meltdowns could be triggered. So, yeah, it's a difficult one. I think um, it's interesting that you mentioned about when you were younger and headbutting your brother. Yeah. I think that, um, like, instantly made me remember a time when I was younger and I remember having... I guess, like, an angry meltdown because I remember I was in primary school playing dodgeball with my class and as happens in dodgeball, someone got me and I was out. But I got so worked up, like, I sat on the outbench and I was one of the last ones, like, so it wasn't like I went out straight away. I'd had my bit of game, but I sat on the bench getting angrier and angrier. I was about six and I just went up to the guy, James, I remember who it was, and just full on punched him in the stomach so hard that he like bent over and was crying. And I don't know where it came from because I don't think I was that annoyed that I was out in the game, but there was something about him getting me out that just worked me up. And I know like kids can be bad losers and stuff like that, but I didn't see anyone else react in the way I was. And I think it probably was a build-up of things from that day, maybe. Like, I can think of loads of times throughout, like, my childhood growing up and, like, still now that I've had, I guess, meltdowns. And, like, I have different ones, too. I don't think I have, like, the anger and the other one that you have, but I think I have different ones in terms of, like, mine... Mine tend to, like, vary in length. So I can have, like, a short... I can have, like, a quick one that's done and then I feel fine afterwards. Or I can have one that I will stop having a meltdown and I'll be back to being normal. But I know that I'm not over it. And I know that something else in the day will probably cause me to start up again. Like, my, like I can feel bad for, like, a whole day. 
Yeah, well, this is what I mean. Like, if you, it's the same. Like, the same for me. Like, when well, mine. Like, I think mine take longer, but like, um, you know, when you're on the edge. So, like, you know, like I said, like, you know, when a meltdown's coming. So, like, knowing that it's about to happen, that's like seconds before it's about to happen. Yeah. But equally, you can have this feeling of like anxiety or an uneasiness that you feel like um, there's something bad. That's about to happen. Or yeah. Because it's, it's, like, I know what anxiety is, um, but it, it's like a feeling that something, there's something like inevitable or something looming and you feel like this weird, like, not fear, but like um, caution towards stuff and you feel like, uh, it's an odd one. It is kind of like anxiety, but it's, it's slightly different. Like I, I melt down when they're about to happen, you physically can feel it about to happen. Uh, whereas I feel like there's like this sense of dread that you know something's wrong, but it doesn't feel like it's something within yourself. It kind of feels like there's an external something that's yeah. like weighing down on you, and like you, you know, there's something out there. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's a bizarre one. Um, I guess there is anxiety, and there is a definitely anxiety in there, but there's something else, and it feels bizarre. But you also are aware of the fact that. Um, there's something not right. And I think that's the build-up. I think that's what you're feeling there. Yeah. Is the build-up to a meltdown. Because the weird thing is, once you've had the meltdown, um, literally seconds after... It's gone. You feel fine. Yeah. You feel like it didn't happen, and that weird, like, sense of dread disappears with it. Um, But obviously, if you've ever had a meltdown around someone, or especially around someone that's NT, like, because you've had meltdowns in front of me now. Yeah. um, But I'm fully aware of what they are, because even though you think yours are different to mine, you're the one you have the most, or they're full-on meltdowns. Um, I I recognise it as it's very similar to mine. Okay. Um, it's just you wouldn't know because you've never seen mine. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't recognise the the difference. Whereas I I know with yours when they come in, you can tell when they come in. Uh, and sometimes like they don't come fast enough. So like there are times where I think you trigger them on purpose as well. Yeah. Not you. I'm not saying like you do. I'm, well, you do, but I'm saying so did I. So like you know it's about to happen, um, but you're sick of the. But when is it? So. Yeah. You do the thing where you repeatedly think about the things that have just happened. Yeah. So it happens. So like with the dodgeball, yeah. it could be that you knew you were due a meltdown or you just wanted it out of your system because the pressure of it was too much that you just drove yourself mad thinking about what had just happened and that's when it happened. Yeah. So like I think sometimes if I know I'm definitely something's going to cause me to have a meltdown because I know like I'm on the edge then I'd rather just make myself have a meltdown instead of wait until I'm out in public, something happen, and then publicly have a meltdown because I am usually really... I'm usually quite good at not having meltdowns in public. I can't... There's only been a few that I've had in public. But if I know that I'm going to have one and something triggers it, I will just be... Like, I won't talk to anyone or... I'll I'll be really closed off and essentially like what will happen is I just build it builds and builds and builds and then the moment that I'm on my own I just explode. Yeah, I mean that's that. I mean that's like I say that's, that's a good thing. Um, I I mean I mean you haven't had many public ones, I guess. So no. yeah, there's control. I mean I've had about three 
Three that I can think of. There might have been more, but I can think of three that I did on public. One was on a bus, which I couldn't help. One was during a interview with um, somebody that was assessing me for something. And the last one, I can't remember. I think I might have been Skyping someone, so it wasn't... Oh, yeah. It wasn't like public, public, but somebody else could see me on the side of the camera. Um, because, yeah, like you said, you know when they're coming uh, and it's just good to get them out of your system. But I also, weirdly, since we've been talking about this, it made me think of something else. Like, because I always do the thing where, like I said, I blend in and read people and, um, you know, I'm good at appearing yeah. like there's nothing wrong with me. I've noticed that when I'm closer to having a meltdown or that kind of thing or there's something that's triggering me or has that kind of like giving me like a negative stimulus i've noticed that i slip out of the um the ability to blend in again so like yeah. there have been times where i've said some proper horrible stuff to people or there have been times where i've suddenly appeared autistic and it's kind of like a weird pop-up where like oh what's that like yeah. you just did something like autistic i think once i start doing them more I think that's when I know that something's something's bothering yeah, yeah. me. So um, that's for me is another way of spotting like how to avoid, like, yeah. how to avoid like meltdowns is when I start doing things like when I say something, you know, like um, and there's been times where like not because obviously I've had like retail jobs, yeah, where there's that standard back and forth of like you're the person, you're the sales assistant, they're the customer, yeah, uh, and you you follow that. Am I fitting in? I followed that. But then there'd be times where I wouldn't be able to um, because, like, I was, like, something was happening or, like I said, there was somebody's voice or a sound or things had been going wrong all day where I couldn't then stay within the confines of appearing normal where all social cues and all, like, structures of what's considered normal for everybody else disappears. Yeah. And I will say something to random strangers that they, obviously, they're normal. They see yeah. the the dynamics that's supposed to be happening, and I will say something to them that they've never... And I used to hear it all the time, like, I've never been spoken to this way before, or um, I've never had this from a sales assistant in a shop. Um and obviously, previous to diagnosis, it was just seen as like bad attitude, and it was the same in school and that kind of thing. And people would just be like, "You're nice a lot of the time, and you do seem like this kind of way." But sometimes you just do stuff that's just so like mean spirited, or like yeah. so rude, or so harsh. And like thinking about it now, I imagine those spikes in my behaviour were down to the fact that something else was bothering me at the same time, and I was unable to control my own like behavior in front yeah. of people and I couldn't grasp it because this thing was stimulating me and distracting me and making me focus on it. That I was then being aggressive and rude to other people. And then because of that, like not being able to maintain that I'm normal and appearing autistic, like that in itself caused me more stress, which, you know, is like, has a like knock, knock on, on effect. effect. It's yeah. like, yeah, some weird thing that then I know was going to cause me a meltdown. I think, um, I mean, we've spoken a lot about, like, causing meltdowns. I think we should talk about, like, obviously they're diff they're, they can be different, but just generally what a meltdown is for us. Because we're saying it, but we're not, we've not said I can't explain. what it involves. I, I mean, I can't explain what mine involve, um, if I'm honest. Like, 
it if would you be... were an outsider looking at it, well, I don't know. What would you see? I or do you not know? I don't know. Okay. Like mine are different. I kind of like almost curl up into a ball. Um, I know I hide my face when it's happening. Um, I can't talk. Um, I don't. I yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, for me to explain what my meltdowns are like, um, I think I would need. I would need someone that's witnessed one to okay, yeah. to explain what actually happens. And there's very few people that have seen me do it. Yeah. All I know is uh, I feel it coming. There's a feeling like within my chest, stomach when it's about to happen. Uh, it happens. I find myself breathing a lot faster than I normally do. Uh, so it kind of, to begin with, appears what looks like a panic attack. Uh, and then I'll just shut off. I'll either curl up into a ball... I'll either duck my head, like, um, I tend to use my arms to cover my head completely. So, uh, and then there's like lots of like shallow breathing. Uh, it almost looks like you're sort of freaking out. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I get like, I can like make loud noises. So sometimes there's a lots of like, not screaming, but like, I'll just make weird noises as well at the same time. Um, I'll get like really hot, um, yeah, and like feel like sweaty, uh, yeah, you know, and it'll go on for a while, um, and then usually after it's happened, I'll have a headache once it's over, um, but then I'll go back to normal. Yeah. Sometimes my eyes are red. Sometimes it looks like I've been crying. Um, whereas I don't think I do cry, but I know for people that have meltdowns, crying is a massive part of it. Um, but I don't know for me if I do. I'm not really a crier. So, um, like, of the few times I have, I, it's rare to see me cry. Yeah. Like, the two things that I'm kind of, I've always known about myself is, one, you'll never see me throw up, and two, you'll never see me cry. They're weird things that <laughs> I'm not really someone that does it either. So I don't think I cry in my emotional, in the emotional meltdowns, not the anger ones, but the other yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but there is a full on, it looks weird. I think for me, mine resembles more like a really heavy panic attack. Uh, if it looks like it more than anything. Um, and I lose a sense of where I am. So like my, I kind of go internal completely and I, it's like all surroundings and everyone around me disappears and I'm solely on my own at that point. Um, And I don't know how long it lasts. Some of them have lasted like 10, 15 minutes of doing the same thing. Some have lasted like less than a minute. Um, You know, at one point they used to happen quite frequently and they were quite bad. Um, Sometimes I would say out loud the things that were bothering me. But um, so if there was particular things that were winding me up, uh, I would be saying them while it was happening. Like, you know, I don't do this or why can't I find that or that kind of thing. Like, I'll state the things that are relevant, sort of like a mantra, like saying it out loud, kind of like expels it from your body. Yeah. Um, And then I'll go back to normal. And then the person, if anybody in the rare occasions people have seen it, they look at you like, what the hell just happened to (laughs) you? Like, they want to talk about it. They think that something weird's happened. You know, they want to ask you if you're okay and you're all right. But for you... There's like this sense of like just calm and relaxation where you've just, you know, like I say, let the pressure off. Yeah. And you're fine again. Yeah. Uh, The angry ones were different. They felt the same. So they felt when they started, they felt the same as the upset ones. But there's this 
feeling of like annoyance and irritation and like rage, but it, it felt more than what I would explain to somebody else, like so like a NT person would experience. It was like so like overpowering. And you know when people talk about like the red mist? Yeah. It's kind of on the levels when people say, oh yeah, then I see the red mist and I don't know what happens. But it was kind of along those levels like I'm just, you're just super irritated, angry, like annoyed. You feel like you have been cheated out of something and everything is like, just unfair and like you need to like restore balance in some way um this is this is a weird thing like trying to explain meltdowns when you think about it because i'm so like out of touch with my own like physical um how you are when you're yeah Yeah. my mom's always asking me all the time like how do you feel within yourself and for me that just it it always sounds mental and i always think like i don't even know what that means like it feels like you know when people like go traveling to find themselves. Yeah. When people ask me to like, what are you feeling right now? Or how do you feel within yourself emotionally? I just think they're asking me some like, zen. Yeah. I just think like, that's not for me. Like I'm not someone that like, you know, is into like that kind of like spiritual thing. So I don't know what you're talking about. Um, It doesn't occur to me that what they're asking me is like physically or emotionally. What it feels like they're asking me is how do you feel as yourself as like, you know, sentient being like, I, just, <laughs> I can't do it um so to talk about like meltdowns like we're talking about now like is a weird one because you're asking me like what range of i guess emotions i go through yeah um and because i don't have them that regularly anymore oh i didn't necessarily mean emotions i more just meant the processes yeah but i suppose they are different i mean yours i mean yeah i mean if you want to talk about uh, I suppose yours then, because yours are yours are more frequent. Yeah. Uh, and yours are. I mean, I've seen I've seen it. Seen you do it like I would say, it's like what six or seven times now. You've done it Perfectly. while I've been there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and yours are yours are always identical. Um, it, you do the same thing every time, and they're always the same every time. I don't know what I do. If I'm honest, I know that I get really like you said, you get hot. I know right before. I feel like a wave of heat, like it feels like I'm having um, like a hot flush. I know that happens and I get really sweaty and I know that I, like my head feels really panicked and like I can't, there's too many thoughts in it, but I don't like, I don't know what I do. Um, With you, you just, it's kind of like, um... it's kind of like you have like spasms, I suppose, in matrix, right? Like you flail a lot limbs everywhere uh there's a lot of screaming like really loud high-pitched screaming <laughs> like no words just screaming yeah you just like sort of you usually have to be like led down or sat down i can't i've never seen you do i don't think you can do it stood up no. um and yeah you just kick about like there's lots of thrashing about throwing your arms about throwing your legs about rolling about the place and just screaming really loudly for a bit uh until eventually you just stop um yours are easy to stop though like as much as you when you're on your own i imagine they can go on for a while uh until you've got it out your system yeah uh, and you will just continue to do it into that system whereas like i've i've learned like ways to get it out of you early so it's fine and i think that's the difference is um i know a lot of people on the spectrum that have their meltdowns like they have them and people just think, ride them out. Like, you know, they just need to work it out. This is just something they do. Like someone that has epilepsy yeah. or 
uh, Tourette's or something like that, like just let them work it out. Whereas um, I think on the times where I've shut yours down early, um, I think you've not felt cheated or when you've come out of it, you've not felt like there was more... No. Like more to come. Well, it's not like... The, I mean, the things you do, it's not like an instant shut-off. I think you... It takes like a few minutes. Oh, I don't so know. I, don't think... I, think, I think a couple of times I've done it, it's been instant. Oh, okay. Uh, like, it's just stopped straight away. Okay. And you've calmed right down. But I like I do think that's better because, like, you, like if I'm on my own and I'm having a meltdown like that, like, it will last... I, I don't know. I think usually I'm doing the kicking and screaming for like half an hour to an hour like it's not it's not a brief thing it goes on for a long time and like I'll maybe I'll stop screaming for like five minutes and then I'll probably just start up again like because my head won't like it's like my brain will be like oh no you're not done with this yet like you're gonna you're gonna carry on with this and like if I if I'm on my own I find like because I'm thinking I, I just start like it it's hard to explain it's like having voices in your head but not voices in my head but just my thoughts it feels like my thoughts are screaming at me and they're too loud and I can't let my brain have a minute to think about it or I can't get them out of my head so like I'll hit my head to try and stop them and I scream to try and not hear them like that's that like I don't know 100% but that's why I think I do those things like the screaming I think it's just because the thoughts seem like they're so loud in my head that I just want to block them out and I hit my head to to slow them down yeah I mean yours sounds um yours sounds yeah like in that sense like internally sound different to what happens with me with me it's more of a uh like I say it's more of a release so I, it sounds like with you, it's more of a um, just something that's going to happen because it's got too much, and yeah, it's just the conclusion of the things you've been doing. Whereas with me, uh, it definitely when it's happening, I feel like it's draining something. Yeah, uh, like something is leaving me and it's gone. Um, but like I say, everybody, everybody on the spectrum has them, um, and I think it's because we don't deal with stuff. Normally. As it's happening. Uh, Like, we just... Things happen. We think that we've had no emotional response to it. Yeah. uh, And that it didn't really matter. Um, But it did. We just haven't realised it did. And it's gone in. We just didn't realise it's gone in. And that's where the build-up is. Like, same with you. Yours probably happened because things have happened. But you've not felt anything towards it when it happened at the time. So you just thought, I'm not bothered about that. Um, yeah. But then what's happened really is it's, it has gone in still and it's basically built it up and you've then like not realised and then the last thing's gone in but there's nowhere for it to go so it just comes straight back out again as a meltdown. Yeah. I think some of it's the, like some of the, what a meltdown is is caused probably by like the way people with, or people on the spectrum have, emotions because like I think our emotions are different I think we have like a difference almost like a different set of emotions like it's it's hard to understand hard to explain like my opinion on it and that's only coming from I can only explain how I feel but I think because I don't feel you like I feel like with some people like something bad can happen but then something good can happen to balance it out whereas yeah 
which like obviously can happen if you're on the spectrum but I don't think like I experience the same positives as I do to the negatives and I think well do you think that you've ever had a positive meltdown so a meltdown that was the opposite so it was a happy meltdown or a meltdown that gave you like so you know like how you have like the 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 crying, the anger, the the whatever, the yeah. negative emotions that come out in a huge like ball of it at once. Do you ever feel like you might have had the opposite? So where the happy stuff and the good stuff's been going in, um, but you've not noticed it's been going in, and then all of a sudden it comes out as like a positive meltdown, like to the point where you're maybe like laughing fits to the point where it's too much and you can't control it and it's continuous. Or, like, just a ridiculous feeling of, like, contentment and and happiness where that's just gone on for ages and you're ridiculously, like, giddy for no reason. Uh, And it's continuous and been going on for, like, 20 minutes, half an hour of just... And, And, like, it just came on from, like, say, you made a dinner... Yeah. And the dinner was just tasted really Really good good, and was a really good dinner. And then you're, like ridiculously like over the top and hyper yeah because of what the food no there's just been a series of good events have done it yeah i think i have had that i've never thought about it in that way before but yeah i mean i got described i've been described by quite a few um like ex-boyfriends or friends like as being bipolar like a lot of people when i was growing up thought i was bipolar and i like i i'm fairly confident i'm not but like that is probably come from well asperger's and bipolar share a lot of similar traits uh they have a lot of things in common with each other and a lot of people when you go see a therapist and you've got asperger's like will look for bipolar first or can be mistaken as bipolar but um it doesn't it doesn't always come up like they're they're but then they're very close to each other so like yeah. i've seen like groups or things on like the internet of forums and that kind of thing of people that are you know there's a bunch of people with one and one with the other and they've just compared notes because they're similar so that makes sense yeah. um i've never thought of a positive meltdown myself as something i've had yeah uh, i don't get waves of like happiness or waves of laughter like i mean have you ever seen me have like a laughing fit or no. anything like that um but I think that's because, for me, um, like you said, like I don't have meltdowns that often anymore uh, at all. I think I've become so good at controlling my meltdowns in general. Yeah. And for like when you meet me and talk to me and know me, or if people that do know me, I seem like I'm on the same level all the time. So yeah. I'm just at the same readout constantly with where I'm at emotionally. I yeah. Think the same. And I think that's because I've learned to control what I expose myself to yeah. and what I don't because I I worry about like the meltdowns that I think I'm probably blocking myself from what could be positive ones as well. Yeah. But I don't remember ever having them when I was younger anyway. So um, I don't feel like it's something I have, whereas I would say it is something you can have. Um, and I think other people on the spectrum can have it as well. Um, I think you can have positive meltdowns, but yeah. they're not something you want to stop. I mean, what's so bad about the negative ones that um, there's all these different ways to control it? I have loads of different ways to control my own. Yeah. Um, and it's not that meltdowns are painful, the negative ones. No. But there are something that, like, given the choice, 
you'd rather just not yeah. have them at all. I think, like, the thing about meltdowns that I hate the most, like, I didn't, I wasn't gonna do it as a topic, but the well, way, it's, like, it's quite a, I mean, like, when you explain it, it sounds quite traumatic. And it's, it's quite yeah. a, it's quite a deep topic to go into anyway, in general, and, yeah, because it is one of the massive negatives to autism. Uh, it is the thing that, a lot of people that are autistic, you know, it's why they don't have jobs. It's, yeah. it's why they don't leave their house. You know, those things that people associate with autism. Uh, it's a lot of reasons why those people don't do half the things that regular people do because it will do this. Yeah. Uh, and I, I risk that knowing, I mean, I know it, there's a possibility every day of when I go out the house and go to work that I could have one today. Yeah. Uh, same oh, with like going out to busy places, you know, if I decide to go on a night out, uh, which I rarely do for yeah. the same reasons of like self-preservation, there's a reason I don't go out like, yeah. on nights out. Um, I'm fully aware of the fact that if I agree to it and go out, I'm running that risk or I'm topping myself up for one somewhere down the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I think that's why people with autism, usually you don't see them do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I don't think they're painful. Like, I think this is a good, this is almost like a warm up for an actual discussion on them because I think, like, this is just to get across, like, how they affect us. But um, in terms of the problem with them, for me, isn't having them. Having them, yeah, it sounds awful, like, it sounds hideous, but to be honest, like, I don't remember them. I don't, I'm not really aware of them while they're happening. It's kind of like, like, while they're happening, it's a thing, but, like, as soon as it's done, I can't remember it. It's like a thing that happened that I wasn't a part of. So it's not, the thing itself isn't what I have a problem with. Like, my biggest problem with it is it's just embarrassing. Like, it, yeah. as much as it might be a part of, like, being on the spectrum, it's, it is embarrassing being an adult and having what is essentially like a temper tantrum over, I mean, most of the time what it seems to be over to outsiders looking in is just you not getting your own way. Like usually for me, like a trigger is just not like not getting in my own way, but something not going how I thought it would go. It's like a big trigger. So if, well, yeah, I mean, if, for you... If it looks like that, it's just, it is just embarrassing. Well, for you, it's that, but, like, you think too much, like, is your problem as well. So, like, that doesn't help. Yeah. So I think yours are more frequent to mine in the sense of that you, you think too much. You're always thinking too much. Uh, and I think that's why you, you definitely have them more frequently, and that's why they happen. And like you said, that's why, especially for you, because obviously if you have them more frequently... And they can happen in public. Like, it does look like you're just a massive, like, baby. Yeah. Because um, people like, yeah, all the time with her. Like, yeah. And it's always a similar thing. It's because I told her we can't do this or we can't do that. So she's doing this. And it's because, yeah, it's because you're too, you think about things all the time constantly. Like, today you've been, like, a little bit weird. Like, all day, pretty much. Just because you've been... I mean, God knows. God knows what you've been thinking about all day. But you've definitely been thinking about something. And it's like... <laughs> Um, obviously, like, for NT people, they ask what's up, and they're like, how are you, and you're all right, because they can tell you're distracted, something's bothering you, whereas in the case of me, like, I become more frustrated with you, because yeah, you I do. know what you're doing, and I know there's nothing wrong, you're just choosing to stay with something, and, like, basically work yourself up, so I tend to tell you that you're being annoying, and pack it in, and, like, stop it, because, yeah. um... 
I think it's because I can. So, like, because I've taught myself how. Yeah. That, like, I just think, like, you need to get there. Um, but, you know, you're not diagnosed yet. Uh, and I think that plays a big part in this for you. Because I know you're a little bit weird about these podcasts in general. <laughs> uh, because I talk about you like you're... Well, I mean, you are definitely autistic. Like, anybody that knows how to recognize Asperger's and someone listening to half the stuff you've said on here. <laughs> like, they know you are. Like, I've told you you are. And, like, the fact that you have frequent meltdowns also, like, suggests that you are. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, you need the diagnosis to make your peace with that so you can then move on with handling your meltdowns. I don't yeah. think you'll handle your meltdowns until someone says you're on the spectrum and then you'll be able to deal with it. Which, to be fair, like, same thing for me. The difference being is I didn't know what a meltdown was until I was told by a therapist, this is what a meltdown is. And that was after I was diagnosed. So then I just remember thinking, I remember all these times where I've done stuff. Yeah. That I've then automatically, like, regretted. Like, the the, the tantrums or, like, the meltdowns, the emotional ones, are embarrassing when people see it. Yeah. Because... At the time, you just can't help yourself and it happens. Yeah. Um, like, and then after it's happened, it's too late. They've seen it. They know that about you now. Yeah. They've seen you, like, at sort of a weak point. I mean, I didn't realise that the reason I found it embarrassing was because um, my, like, ability to not appear autistic has just disappeared. Yeah. Because there's no way I can explain what just happened. Uh, the angry ones were fine because with the angry ones, you just look like you're someone that's got a temper. That's easily, that's for some reason, that's. It's more acceptable. That makes more sense if yeah. people watch me like punch a pillow on a sofa and just think he's got anger issues. Um, as opposed to the meltdowns we're talking about, they don't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't after I got diagnosed and my therapist said that's what a meltdown is. We talked about what a meltdown is. She talked about how they're triggered. I then started to learn what my meltdown triggers were, where I like encountered them on a daily basis within my own routines and like places I go to. And you just learn how to tailor those things about yourself to stop them from happening. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. The reason I don't want them to happen has got nothing to do with them. Like they're not painful. Uh, they can be slightly exhausting, but yeah, um, I do it because I don't want it to happen while I'm outside. Yeah, yeah and like yeah. you said, if you're someone that's autistic and can't control them, uh, it makes you want to go outside less. Yeah, or be around people as much. Like you're, apart from seeing me, like when we do these, um, and like going to work, I don't think you really have contact with other people. And I no. think the fact that your meltdowns are becoming not. I mean, from what you know, I mean, like I said, I've only really sort of known you or got to know you properly since November. So, like, I've only known you, I've known you for less than a year. You know? Yeah. Like, it's, what, June? No, it's May now. So, um, I don't know to how frequent your meltdowns are, but in the little time that I've known you, your meltdowns are quite frequent. I don't think you can go a week without having at least two so, you know, like, I can see why you keep yourself away from people. <laughs> but you've also got to think about the fact that you keep yourself shut in and apart from going to work and seeing me, and I don't do anything that sets them off. Yeah, like, seeing you, I'm always fine with. Like, yeah. that's, because... If you get in front of me, I know what they are. Um, yeah. And equally, I know, I've kind of, I'm slowly learning what the things are that make it happen for you. Uh, like, I'm not going to go into detail, obviously, while we're doing this. 
but you know what I'm talking about. There's one in particular that's one of your triggers that, like, if I know you've gone off to go do it, I kind of <laughs> busting into where you are and break it up. <laughs> Uh, because I know what you're up to. <laughs> like, if I think, oh, it's been about five minutes now and she hasn't come back, I'm like, nah, I know what she's up to now. And I'll just go back <laughs> and, like, you know, like, break it up. Um, so, yeah, like, once you realize that, like, what the things are that are causing it, you you just streamline streamline yourself to not do it. And I think you don't. But then, like, with you, it's, it's different. Like, you, you keep yourself away from as much as possible, but they still happen. But yeah. That's because, you know, your stuff's internal. But I think, like like I said, other people that have it don't know what the triggers are, or they do, and the trouble is, is their triggers are things that they can't avoid, so they, they don't get a job, or they yeah. they don't go out, or they don't see certain people. Um, but I can't really... You can't really explain that to someone else, because that sounds like... I think that's where this becomes, like, test guest technically classed as a disability. Yeah. Because this is the... the this is how it affects your day-to-day life I yeah like me being rude to people without realizing i'm being rude to people i wouldn't class that as why i'm technically disabled yeah um you know like i say things to people that i shouldn't say i overstep my boundaries constantly yeah uh talk back to people i shouldn't talk back to say things to people that i shouldn't say you know and can be quite standoffish to people and i don't see that as that's the reason i've got disabilities is things like meltdowns yeah that I would consider like a disability and like not wanting them to happen because I know there's no way and there's no way of stopping them. No. They're not something that you can get rid of or be cured of meltdowns. Like even though I don't have them anymore, it does seem like like I've cured myself of the meltdowns, you know. Yeah. But really what I've done is um apart from going to work and coming back here, that's as little travelling as I will do. I don't go back home to my hometown because the the massive change in like routine yeah that's a big issue has, for is me. is too much. So like not having my own stuff, not having my my flat, not having like the shops I'm used to, the area I'm used to. So like family coming here is fine. Me going there not so much. So I don't do that as much as like I would have done. Yeah, keeping off public transport as much as possible. You know, and keeping myself in like that strict like way of things has limited like my cause of meltdowns um yeah and that's what it is but that's in what way makes me disabled because i do you know what i mean like i've always joked like if someone wanted to kidnap me it wouldn't be hard to figure out yeah. where i'll be at certain times <laughs> or you know when to do this and when to do that it's it's showing like then that's what it is i found like the perfect way to limit my meltdowns they can still happen because you can't stay to routine unexpected things will happen and that's when i'm aware of you know if something unexpected does happen what the other things are that could trigger it at the same time and just to limit the ones i can limit to keep them controlled yeah um because yeah like you said you do appear like there's something wrong with you the second you do one in public people suddenly think yeah it's not well it's not socially it's not a social norm to no, like I, do that. So, yeah. I've never seen, like, any of my NT friends and family. Like, I've never seen them do it. Yeah. And the only time I've seen them do it is, like... Do you remember when you were three? Like, that's, yeah. that's when I saw you do it. Yeah. Um, like, like, I know NT people might... And it, not normally, but they might cry in public. Like, yeah. there is a chance that they will be overwhelmed with emotion. But it's not... Like, to... 
I mean, as you've described mine, like, it's not getting on the floor, flapping your limbs about and screaming. Like, that's... That's where it's different. Like it's yeah, like... and the difference between me and you as well is I'm diagnosed. So yeah. people like that I work with and people that I'm related to, they know I've got Asperger's. Yeah. They're aware of it. They've known about it since I was diagnosed. So if I do ever do it in public, the pe- if I do it around someone that knows me, they just go, yeah, but like this is because of this. Yeah. You don't have the diagnosis. So when you do it in front of people, I imagine for you it's way more uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I get embarrassed when I do things that are definitely show that I'm autistic. Like, it does make me feel bad. Like, there's been times with my boss where I've done things that, um, you know, I've not been able to go to work one day because everything's, like, too overwhelming. And I yeah. know I'm on the verge of having a meltdown, so there's no point in me going to work because it'll happen. So I've called in sick. Do you know what I mean? The second I've done that, I've not had the meltdown, but then I've sent loads of, like, apology messages of, like, I'm so sorry, like, I hate that this happens, like, I'm embarrassed for the fact that this goes on. And they're fine, and they're like, don't worry about it, you can't help it, it's something you have no control over, relax. Yeah. Whereas for you, there's no diagnosis, there's no, like, official anything, so you don't feel like you could say to someone, um, sorry that happened, I have Asperger's, or sorry I'm on that, but I have ASD. Like, you wouldn't. You just go, sorry about that, I'm mental. Or, like, <laughs> you know, like that's that's how you'll deal with it. And I think that in itself has more stress on you and will cause more meltdowns because you think, I can't do this in public because I have no excuse for this. Yeah. Which is just going to make it happen even more. Yeah, I mean, I do. I describe myself as just mental yeah. all the time. Yeah. Which is, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because you feel like you've got no official anything. Yeah. So this just makes it seem like you're a crazy person. Yeah. Uh, whereas for me, it's fine. You know, it's like, don't worry, I have autism. I'm not a psycho. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like you can just tell people that's what it is and it doesn't matter. It's not like I have to take my diagnosis around with me. Yeah, I know. It's and get, just... get the report out and just go, this is why this happened if you care to read this. Um, it's just the, the, like a diagnosis would be like a comfort blanket in, for me, like a, it's like a, a reason that, I don't know, I feel like I can't say it without knowing for sure. Like for, for me, even though ev- like all the signs are pointing towards it, I don't know for sure because I haven't got that thing that tells me, but that's like a, that's a me thing. But I think it would, I think it will calm your meltdowns down a little bit yeah um but i i think at the moment because there's like instability of not knowing uh i reckon yours are probably gonna continue to be frequent yeah you know unless you start trying to do things yourself to like calm them down yourself i've told you stuff to do and i've given you like we obviously like we're done with this now like this is like this episode is pretty much coming (laughs) to an end um but i have given you like loads of sensory stuff that i have yeah um, but I feel like you need to get more involved with. I know, I know. With like calming them down a little bit, because otherwise, yeah, like they are going to be something that you're. Do you know, like um, people that are like epileptic or that kind of thing, yeah. like worry about going out and having yeah, it happen, yeah. um, or like people that are diabetic, like having like you, you'll be one of them. I like, know. <laughs> I'm not going to go out today because I I feel like a meltdown's on the horizon. So today I'm just going to stay in. Until it happens. Yeah, I know. You'll just, get more, you'll just get more and more like that. But we'll fix it. But yeah, that was just like a personal 
yeah. a personal take on meltdowns. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I say, there's probably more to talk about, like controlling yeah. them. And, like, what actual triggers are of them that people can look out for. But, like, this could be something that would go on for a while. Okay. Bye.